everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Tanya Moffat, who is the managing partner of Marina and Company. Hello, Tanya. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Hi, I'm great. Yeah, super excited to have you here. And there's a lot of exciting things that we have to talk about. But before we get there, if you wouldn't mind, tell a little bit more about your story and your background so our audience can learn more about you. Okay, so I am the managing partner with Marina and Company, and we are a CPA firm. So when you think of CPA firm, traditionally, people automatically think tax, and we don't do any taxes. I sold the tax practice about five years ago, and we focus on helping governments make meaningful progress towards stronger communities. Basically, we work with government leaders to develop and evaluate and improve their organizational strategies, operations, and performance to help them achieve their goals and do more with less. Because leaders in government right now face more challenges than ever. They have less funds and less time. So we're passionate about understanding their unique needs and helping them overcome these challenges and move forward. Uh, So it's a lot of listening. That, that's what a lot of our job is, is listening and then taking what they say and applying it to them, their unique organization, because everybody needs something different. Fantastic. One of the things in particular I love about the story you told about your firm and what you do is it's from the perspective of your clients, your customer, and in particular, their industry and the unique challenges that they have, that they have which is part of what we're going to talk about more as we're sharing your story on this episode today and the transformation that you've made in your firm. Um, now, one of the fun stories that I'll share is that when I reached out to you, Tanya, uh, after I learned more about your firm and some of the work that you had done to have you on the show, I was reaching out to other firms at the same time and it was crickets because it was during busy season, right? However, uh, Tanya got back to me almost right away, which was immediately something that was distinct and unique in the industry. And I think there's quite a story behind that in terms of how you've made that happen in terms of like, quote unquote, you kind of mentioned that dropping busy season, which is a story I'd love to hear you share for our listeners as well, too, because it's fascinating and it seems to have benefited your firm significantly. So anywhere you'd like to kind of go from there, I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So I think I'm going to start with what our mission statement is. And our mission statement is focused on your wants and understanding your needs. And, you know, we look at that from our client's perspective, as well as our team's perspective, as well as our community's perspective. And a lot of people have mission statements that they don't actually believe in, but we truly believe in that because it's so nice that we can, you know, focus on our individual people's needs and whether that's our clients, the community, or our team. And so in November of 2021, we had a strategic planning meeting with our partners group. And we went into that strategic planning meeting with, wouldn't it be cool if? And that was the only parameters for us to come in. And I have three other partners, so there's four of us. And we all came in with, wouldn't it be cool if? And one of the things that I came in with was, wouldn't it be cool if we didn't have busy season? And so from the traditional accounting CPA firm background, that is like mind shattering because we all have busy season. You know, um, our firm focused and specialized in government audits. 
And so we had busy season for our governmental audit season. We didn't have the tax season, as I explained before, but it's still, we had this work compression. And when we looked at it, there was only two ways for us to get around that. One is we either had to increase our fees so we could hire more people so that we could not have that work compression, or two, we just eliminated busy season. And um, so that was the one that we decided to do. And at first, that was a little bit scary. You know, we ripped off the Band-Aid right away. We said every all of our clients that we aren't under contract with, we're going to basically let them know. So they have like six months to find new auditors. But it was scary, you know, but I but I'm super excited because we've made this significant pivot and we already we're basically full until December of um, 2022. And so, you know, six months, we're like six months into this and we have not lost a beat. We have not been less busy. We are actually busier. That is amazing. That's such an incredible transformation and a big deal. A lot of what I talk about with a lot of managing partners looking to make similar transformations is I've grouped it into three categories so far. It's uh, delegate, automate, or eliminate is what I've got going so far. <laughs> and I think you've used aspects of each and we're considering some of them uh, and have had great success with it so far. That's what I was going to kind of ask you about next was after making such a significant change, what was the response like from your team? And what has the performance impact been to the firm? It sounds like still plenty busy, but I'm curious to learn more about what's your team's response been like? And uh, you know, how has that, how's that uh, played out so far? So our team's response at first, I think was a little bit shocked. You know, we come back from our strategic planning meeting and we make this huge announcement to the firm uh, team hey, by the way, we've decided that we're not going to do municipal audits anymore and we're going to pivot to 100% advisory or consulting um, work. And the team at first, it took them a little bit to kind of comprehend it, but we also rolled out some new initiatives with that. So with not having busy season, we're able to offer our team one month sabbaticals for every five years of service. So five years, 10 years, 15 years. And when I say sabbatical, we're going to eliminate, you know, access to their email. And um, that's probably, I don't think my team is as scared about that as I am because um, I, you know, check my email constantly and am so connected to people like you. What if that email from you had came in during my sabbatical? I mean, you would have gotten out of office, you know, response, but you know, so our team at first was, I think, a little bit hesitant, didn't really know what their new roles would be, but we've done a lot to bring them along. But I think as they started warming up to it, they got excited, you know, not having to work these crazy hours. And I think we've always been a little bit of an innovative firm. I mean, we already work for tens. Um, and so we already don't work on Fridays. You know, maybe if somebody has a little bit of overtime that they need to do, they'll work on a Friday or something like that. But it's given our team back their weekends where they didn't have them necessarily before. So our team responded really well. Um, our clients, I think at first they were shocked. But when we had that initial conversation, all but two of them were like, hey, we want you to come and do this advisory work for us. And so, and we've probably signed contracts with about 80% of the ones that we terminated 
already. And then the other ones we're still in conversations with about what exactly they need and what we can do for them. And so our clients even have a great response as well. We even had a couple of our clients that we were still under contract with, which we would have kept on as audit clients say, Hey, we want to release you from that contract and we want to sign an advisory contract with you and have you help us with other stuff within our organization. So it, it's been great. Like it, sure, it was a little bit scary. There was probably about a week where I was panicking, um, you know, <laughs> but uh, sometimes you have to jump off the deep end and just, you know, just go with it. So true. And you mentioned a few things where you guys have made some more progressive changes, but seems to have played off, uh, like really paid off in a big way thus far, which is really exciting. Because um, in an industry that I think could stand to benefit from a lot of those changes, you see a lot of resistance to a lot of these things that you've done with success. So it's so that's why it's so cool to be able to share your story about what you guys have done. Is really leading the charge there and saying that, look, these things are scary. I get it. These are big changes, but it's going to be okay, right? Like it is for us. In fact, it probably worked out better than where we were, right? So that, that has paid off. So uh, hopefully that encourages others to consider, you know, these strategic options as well too, in terms of where you can see these benefits. The other question I was going to have for you as well too, is what has it done so far financially in terms of performance for your firm? I know the industry is trending more in the direction of advisory, consulting, right? We want our accounting partners to be thought of as more in a proactive role as opposed to a reactive role and that like, you know, that once a year type of conversation that most people fear for the most part is they feel like it's going to be bad news, right? There's so much more value that our accounting partners have to offer. So if you can find a way to position yourself in more of that like proactive, you know, value add scenario, that is tends to be really beneficial for the clients in terms of like it's what the market is looking for and it's where they're getting a lot more value out of their partners like that. So can you talk to us a little bit about what it's meant for your firm in terms of performance financially? Yeah. Yeah. So from a financial standpoint, we're on target to actually have higher revenues than we've ever had before. Um, Percentage-wise, I'm not exactly sure where it's going to end up um, coming out at the end of the year yet, because we still have a few of these audit clients that we have left. But we are really excited because we anticipate that this year and next year, our revenues are going to continue to grow. We've also been able to um, get back a boomerang employee. So an employee that left the firm um, and that individual has been gone for five years and that individual actually just started yesterday. And <laughs> so um, it's always exciting to get those high performing team members that maybe weren't excited about doing the traditional audit work, but this advisory higher impact for our clients and our communities it, it's it's been a great benefit. Right now, we call those unicorns because nobody can find people that have that skill set right now. And so we're really excited that we're able to find these amazing team members that we have. So yeah, we're doing good. Amazing. Congratulations on your success. And I want to I want to spend time specifically talking about all these wonderful things that you've done for your team and the policies that you've taken advantage of, you know, maybe accelerated by the pandemic or things I'm sure you've started before that as well, too. There's so many things to dive into because I'm curious in terms of what the transition has looked like for your team across all of them. But you mentioned 410s. I'd love to hear more about that. And I'd also want to talk a little bit more about, uh, you mentioned the sabbatical, uh, as well as your remote work policies. So probably a good place to start first would be, you know, how 
where have you gotten kind of the inspiration from to start making some of these changes? And like, in what order did you make them? And what have the results been based on uh, some of these changes that you made and the different things that you've been offering to your team and the way that you guys do work? Um, Okay, so we started with we've always had a pretty good policy as far as like vacation time, you know, um, we did we used to be based on years of service. Like I think you got like three weeks originally. Now it's five weeks. It doesn't matter. Whenever you start, you get five weeks vacation. So that was probably the first, one of the first changes that we did. Um, about three years ago, we went to four tens. Part of the reason that we did that was because we wanted to give our employees an opportunity to have more time with their families and be able to spend um, Fridays doing their errands, doing their appointments and things like that. We've actually seen less people gone for appointments and things like that because they can do it on Fridays, which is a normal business day for like our doctors and things like that. So that's been really great. We did have one employee who was like, you know what, my daughter is a senior in high school. I would prefer to come in early and still work five days a week. So she actually has a mod- had a modified schedule when her daughter was still at home, which is fine. So we're allowing our team members to work for whatever schedule works for them. It's just for the majority of our team, it's 410s. We have it listed on our website. So people know we're not available on Fridays. Our clients haven't seemed to really mind. And um, that was pretty easy transition. From a remote standpoint, we have had one employee that has worked on and off remote for probably about five years since she's had children. And we see a lot of women in our profession that leave the profession because they um, have child responsibilities at home, Um, even males too, but primarily with females in the CPA industry. And so it probably kind of started with her. We've always had access to our um, software and things like that because we were out at clients. So that was not a hard transition for us. So before the pandemic, she'd come in maybe one day a week. So she was kind of a quasi, what I would call a hybrid employee at that point. Um, Since the pandemic, we have hired two 100% remote employees and we have um, everybody with the exception of our office manager does a hybrid schedule. So they come into the office one to two days a week if they're local. Um, but like I have an employee in Florida and we're lo- based out of Oregon. I have an employee in California. We're, you know, so um, we've done kind of both of those things. And then lastly, we just implemented this one month sabbatical because For one, we have seen a lot of mental health issues, not just in the firm, but we've seen it just in the world in general. And we believe that unplugging and taking that break is going to actually make our team a stronger team, and they are going to come back refreshed and rejuvenated. When you take a one-week vacation, you come back and you're like frazzled because you're trying to get your laundry done or you're trying to get things done around your house, and then you're trying to play catch-up. But a one-month sabbatical can actually allow them to unplug and recharge their batteries and, you know, be able to do some of those mental health things. At the same time, when we rolled out that, we also added basically every governmental holiday that there is. So we work with government clients. They're not there on those days. Why are we working? So we added some additional holidays to our, um, you know, days off as well at the same time because, you know, I want to work for a place and work in an organization where people care about me. 
yes, I'm at the top and I'm making some of these decisions. But if I was an intern, like I would appreciate these things that we're doing. And so I want to be able to offer that from to everybody in our organization. So that's that's some of our flexible things and things that we do. And it comes back to our mission statement, focused on your wants and understanding your needs. We really do focus on our employees' needs and wants and try to figure out what things that we can do to make them have a better experience while they're working with us. It's an amazing offering and type of environment that you guys have created. I'm definitely, my mind gravitates towards, I'm sure there are folks out there that have heard about some of these policies, but have yet to really implement them or experiment with them. The pandemic provided an opportunity, especially for uh, people to get a better understanding and how productive folks could be via remote work. But some of these other ones like the sabbatical, which I've heard uh, great results from as well, too, sounds like it's worked well for you guys as well as the four tens, which is uh, super interesting as well, too. For those folks out there that haven't had the opportunity or haven't yet decided to kind of experiment with any of these, I'm curious to learn more from you in terms of what do you feel the response has been like from your team and how has this impacted your efforts to want to recruit anybody? So helping with hiring efforts, as well as perhaps retention, like if you had to boil this down into performance characteristics as well, too what type of uh, improvements or changes have you seen based on adding each of these policies along the way? I think overall, our, our team members' attitudes have changed, you know, because they know that we actually care about them. I can stand up on my soapbox and I can say, I care about you. We're like a family, but our actions are also mimicking that. Um, you know, we try to basically give back to our team as well. Um, I know there's a lot of talk around soft skills. You know, um, I heard recently it should be called essential skills because I think that's a much better terminology for it than soft skills. But for example, um, last week, we did three days of um, leadership training for our entire team from the intern all the way up to me, the managing partner. And it's so important. It doesn't matter if you're the intern at our organization, you have leadership responsibilities. You can lead up, you can lead on the clients that you work on, you can lead on what workload you have and how you do it. It doesn't matter what level you're at in the organization. And so empowering our team members and giving them the tools that they need to be able to do some of these things, we've seen that people take more responsibility for their projects they're more willing to help others and help with other projects that maybe they haven't been assigned to. If somebody needs help, hey, I need help on this project. Can you help me? Oh, sure. Like, I'll jump in and help you. We've also seen less turnover and we've been able to retain and hire these unicorns. We hired um, a audit manager at the time. She's going to be moved to a uh, consultant uh, because we're shifting our titles as well. But we hired her during the pandemic and nobody could find managers. She's another one of those unicorn employees. So people hear about these movements and these things that we're doing in our organization. And they're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I worked with these people? And wouldn't it be cool if I got to do some of these things? And so we have had very positive feedback from our team. We also have 
um, university professors telling their students, hey, if you're looking for an alternative to a big four company, like public accounting firm, go check out Marina and Company. And so we've also had, you know, other individuals saying, hey, if you're not working out here at our firm, maybe you should go talk to Marina and Company. And so we've also had people giving us lots of referrals. Uh, so we haven't been having a difficult time hiring like some of our competitors and other CPA firms, at least in our area. Super interesting. It certainly correlates. I mean, it's an incredibly attractive offering. I can't, I have to imagine from pretty much anyone who wants to work within the industry, especially when compared with, you know, the stereotypical type role you might find yourself in, especially if you're earlier on in your career at a big four type firm. I, I think I talked to you about this before as well, too, but I hang out on the accounting subreddit and some of the messages where they're just pouring out their heart in terms of like, is it normal to basically like eat, sleep, live this and like never see the light of day? And you just, you feel for their frustration there and it, you know, doesn't sound productive. doesn't sound healthy at all, but you know, everything that you're describing sounds like a completely different experience from that, but with the performance to go along with it as well, too. So it doesn't surprise me. and. I really want to underscore the fact that I, I would commend your efforts and the type of environment that you've created, not just from the perspective of making that really attractive for your team and taking care of them, but also the performance for your business, right? It's a win-win scenario that we're talking about here. You haven't really, not talking about making dramatic sacrifices here. If anything, we're talking about strengthening the firm as well too. Uh, so these improvements that you've made have made a pretty significant impact. It seems like across the board, and it doesn't surprise me that you've had less uh, a less difficult time with recruiting and hiring uh, because I think you're standing out for all of the right reasons here. And you know, there's, there's still plenty of good people looking for work. And if you create an environment where they want to be, then more than likely, you're going to have a lot of advantages in those areas. Yeah, it's been really fun to sit back and watch and see some of these ideas come to fruition. And we didn't do it because we wanted to be able to hire more people. We did it because we really, truly care about our team. And we want them to be mentally stable. We want them to be strong. We want them to be able to be there for our clients um, and be able to think critically and help them as well. And so we're trying to instill that in everybody you know, from the bottom up. So Such a good point. That phrase that you mentioned previously in terms of like actions speaking louder than words really rings true here, right? I've been in so many environments where something was tried. You know, there was one environment I was in where they started giving out like awards that didn't have monetary value, which initially was like a little bit of buzz, but then everybody's like, you know, this doesn't really, nobody, eventually people didn't want to get the award. <laughs> this was more like, I don't know what this is or why I'm getting it, but can I get like the cash equivalent? As in, it's, it's, it becomes very transparent in terms of like what you're trying to do. And it's like, instead, if you're actually making things better and investing and providing people with what they ultimately want, then that's really going to be received very differently, right? So um, it's super exciting about what you guys did. I can't, I, I'm excited to learn more about what's kind of what's next, which is one of my questions. It's like, there's so many cool, exciting things that you're working on. Like, what talk to me about what's next. What are you most excited about? I think I'm most excited about being able to move the needle in our communities. So a lot of times when our clients are governments, and so they come to us and they have something that they really want to do and they want to see it come to fruition, but they don't have the means, you know, either that being the time, 
um, you know, it's typically a time or maybe they don't have the experience. So they don't know exactly how to get something started. And so having us be able to come in and lead that charge so that we can actually help them get to that finish line. That's what I'm most excited about because these are programs and things that are actually going to make a huge difference in our communities that we live and work in. And so that's what I'm most excited about is, you know, I I love financial statement audits as much as the next person, (laughs) but it doesn't really change anything in my community. And so I'm excited to see these changes that we actually can have impacts on when they have to go out for financing, when they um, need to do things that can maybe be more equitable in the community from rate setting standpoints and things like that. So that's what I'm super excited about is actually seeing these projects come to fruition where they're actually making significant impacts and changes in our communities. Super exciting. I love that answer. Love that you're focused on the outcomes and delivering those successful outcomes for your clients, right? And it's not just output, right? Like you talked about the work that goes on behind the scenes, right? That's not saying that's unimportant. That's certainly a component to it, but it's really about delivering those successful outcomes. So the more that we can be aligned in terms of what our client is looking for from that perspective, that's going to help across the board as well also. So um, keep up the great work. Super excited to kind of learn more. Uh, A couple of questions for you before we let you go, because I I could talk to you about this stuff all day because it's super exciting for me. These are the type of transformations I'm trying to help firms with myself as well too. So it's always exciting to hear someone who's who's made one so successfully as you have and your team. But uh, among the questions are for firms out there that are looking to try to take advantage of some of the amazing things that you've done, but for their firm, what's the best advice that you would have for them about getting started on a journey like that? I think pick one thing, just pick something, the four tens, the sabbatical, pick one thing that you can implement and do in your organization. I mean, we didn't just say, okay, tomorrow, everybody can take a month off. We gave them a year to figure out if they were owed it right now. You know, we gave them a year to figure out when they wanted to take that so they could get it on the calendar so we could plan around it from a scheduling standpoint. Um, So pick one thing that you can do and do it. The other thing that I also would encourage people to do is to find other mentors and other people that you can bounce ideas off of that will sit there and be your cheerleaders. Because trying to do something new and different is scary. And having other people in your corner saying, you got this, you can do it, and cheering you on is amazing. I'll even be that for you. If you are looking for somebody that you want to bounce ideas off of, get in contact with me. I can help you with that. Or I can help find somebody that would be a better fit for you to be a mentor. Um, They don't even have to be the same age. Some of my mentors are younger than me. Some are older than me. It doesn't matter. Just to find somebody who can be a cheerleader for you and can be in your corner. Very cool. Excellent advice. Uh, And another question I had is related to any resources in particular that you would point anyone at in terms of where they can go to learn more about something we talked about here today. Uh, anything that you might recommend or have produced or yeah, anything in terms of like tools and resources? So I would recommend a couple of books. So I really like Extreme Ownership. It talks about how to take ownership as a leader. And if things fail, you have to own that. Be taking part of that and owning that mistake, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter if you touched it or not. It's all something that happened within your team. Taking ownership of it and learning how to do that is amazing, um, as well as difficult conversations. 
it's a great book for learning how to have those difficult conversations and taking the emotions out of it. It helps you to be a better leader and a stronger leader. And then Burnout is the other book that I would recommend. Um, It helps with mental health awareness as well as just making sure that people aren't burning out. And so if you read that book, you might find ways that you can implement things within your team to not to help prevent burnout. Um, One of the other things that I do personally for myself is I'm a part of Entree Leadership's um, executive coaching or their elite coaching groups. And so I have a group of other business owners that are not CPAs that we share ideas and bounce ideas off of each other. And we meet twice a month um, via Zoom. But my group, we meet more often than that. Um, We meet outside of our scheduled times because we have truly became a sounding board for each other when we have a crisis or we need advice from other smarter people than us. We send an email to the group and say, hey, can you help us or can we schedule a time to meet? And so finding those peers and that group that can help you and answer questions and bounce things off of is always a great thing. Such a great resource to have available too as well. So I always encourage everybody to do that. I've always had coach myself for the longest time. And then the community-based elements are really powerful as well too, especially people can bring different perspectives. Maybe they've seen a problem like that. Maybe they've got a solution that worked for them. So it helps you gain perspective. It's hard to get realistically. And so really good to have access to a community like that. And thank you for the book recommendations as well, too, for our listeners. All of each thing that Tanya's mentioned thus far will be linked in our show notes as well, too. So if you want uh, to to find links to any of those things, you can can find them there. And then Tanya, last question I have for you before we let you go is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Um, Anyone can reach out to me if they have a question. If you are in an organization and you're wondering how you can help lead up, Um, reach out. I can help you with some ideas and some suggestions. I love it when people lead up. I don't have time to make all the decisions. And so I love getting ideas from my team. And then anybody that's in a similar situation, but maybe just doesn't know how to rip the Band-Aid off and how to come in with, wouldn't it be cool if, um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, That'd be great. And we'll have that in the, the information. Very cool. Thank you, Tanya. Yep. We'll link to all of that information as well. Also, congratulations on the success you've had at your firm. I'm super excited to hear kind of what's next. And as always, we'd love to have you back to tell that story as well, too, as part of an update. Sounds good. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Accounting Automation. I hope you found it valuable. I help accounting firms scale their profit exponentially without needing to hire any additional accountants. So if your firm is in growth mode and can't keep up, I'd love to talk to you more about how I can empower your firm to do more with less through automation and technology. To learn more, visit my website, nextstep.io, or email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P, dot I-O. Hey folks, Sean here, and I want to thank you for engaging with my content and encourage you to sign up for my free five-day video email course called Bottleneck Buster. Bottleneck Buster is designed to show you how to boost the profitability of your firm without hiring. You'll learn where your firm is wasting time, how to get that time back, and how to reinvest it to drive greater profitability. Sign up for the course at bottleneckbuster.com.